Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science and spirituality are telling us that we are all connected, that we are all one. So what you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when the world awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Quantum Forgiveness with David Huffmeister. David is internationally known as a leader um, and a leader teacher, uh, one of the leading teachers of A Course in Miracles, Non-Duality, and New Thought Teachings. Um, he is a modern-day mystic, and he travels all over the world, and I am so honored to have him here with us today. Thank you, David, and welcome, David, to Awake to Oneness Radio. Oh, thank you so much, Caroline. It's such a joy to be here, and it's such a, a great opportunity to talk about uh, these deep teachings and this deep experience, because it really is that interconnectedness and oneness that seems to be what it's all about here. Yes, thank you. And I was so honored you I sent you an invite to come on to the show and you replied to me right away, even with your busy schedule. Um I know you travel a lot. You're just coming back from a conference in Las Vegas and I know you're very busy, so I truly appreciate you taking time out coming on to Awake to Oneness Radio. Um, but I'd like you to, I know a little bit just from studying and uh, listening to you on, on YouTube, um, but I'd like you to familiarize um, the listeners with who you are. Can, can you share your path, your journey um, spiritually on how you came to where you are today? Yes, yes. Well, I think I think like many I I was just curious and I really believed that there there was more to life than meets the eye and and this feeling that there there has to be a a deeper purpose in life and I wasn't sure what it was, but I would say um I look at my spiritual journey kind of getting a start in a conscious way uh back around the middle 1980s when um, I began exploring the fields of psychology. Right around that time, I became interested in um, in psychology, humanistic psychology, transpersonal psychology. I actually was taking a master's degree program at the University of Cincinnati in school psychology. And then as I started to have more and more questions about the mind, I started to have a lot of philosophical questions as well. So I took some classes in philosophy and was probing the underlying assumptions of really even of education and starting to 
just go deeper and deeper into an exploration of what turned out to be consciousness and mind. And then um, after about 10 years of university full-time, including undergraduate and my graduate work, then I just had this strong feeling like my life purpose was about to come. Uh, it was almost like getting a, having a calling like Mother Teresa had when she was on that train in, in uh, India. And uh, it just came to me very strong that uh, I had been in academia searching for answers and questioning things there, but that I, I really needed to go a lot deeper. And I kind of felt this feeling that I had to really dive in on a spiritual path and and that somehow this pathway would appear to me and would be given to me instead of me just kind of doing a kind of a uh, leave no stone unturned reading of many books and many philosophies. So um, I stepped out of, of graduate school and I really stepped out of academia and the book A Course in Miracles came into my life at the toward the end of summertime, I believe it was in 1986, out in La Jolla, California, when I was attending the Humanistic Psychology Conference out there. So once I opened that book, um, it was almost just like a tsunami of love came over me, and I felt just like my life would never be the same, and and it felt like I was. I had found my pathway in A Course in Miracles, and so I had a, a number of very synchronistic experiences uh, in meeting people and and kind of having uh, my pathway kind of flash before my eyes when I was out there in California. And I returned back to the Midwest after quite a few very strong experiences out there, and then I began working with The Course in Miracles and actually reading it basically for about eight hours a day for the first two and a half years. So I kind of really immersed myself in it. Wow. And yes. it was it was more of using it like an oracle, too. It was not necessarily reading the 31 chapters in, in chronological order or uh, the workbook lessons, which is also one through 365 in chronological order, uh, I was actually drawn mostly to the manual for teachers at first, and then I would kind of pray or formulate a question in my mind, and I would open the book up like uh, almost like a, one of the Greek oracles, and then I would start reading and, and get these amazing answers to my uh, prayers and to my questions. So it was very practical for me in that way. Wow. And then it really launched me um, onto a journey that took me way, way inward. It took me into revelatory experiences where the uh, three different times I was doing eye-gazing with a friend of mine and then the, the, the three-dimensional world collapsed into two dimensions and then this blazing light came came just blasting through the 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 two dimensions where the boundaries were and then I was just engulfed and uh, completely absorbed in this amazing abstract light of unspeakable love 
and and I had a number of other mystical experiences, huge synchronicities of things that I could hardly even believe were happening to me. It was like taking me on this journey uh, into a, a whole new experience, something completely different than I'd ever had. And then I went through phases uh, of um, of basically being guided to travel. I think I would say after I was going to some Course of Miracles groups and the spirits started to speak through me with a lot of clarity and confidence and authority even, uh, which was quite startling to someone who was very shy <laughs> to, have a, to have a presence starting to come through. Um, and then as I continued to go to some, maybe some course groups and, and this and that, I, I came to a phase of travel that started around 1991 for me and that was about five years after I had come across the course, and already I was kind of following this guidance and really tuned into, you might say, the voice of Jesus. It was just so clear in my mind, leading me, guiding me, directing me where to go, what to do, what to say, basically how to live in all aspects of my life. And then became there was a period of travel from around... 1991 through 1996, which was very out of pattern for me because I, I really didn't even enjoy traveling that much. And to be going out and following guidance and meeting people and taking uh, long trips for you know weeks at a time, sometimes several weeks at a time, five to six weeks, um, it just started to build up a trust in this intuition, this higher self, this this voice within that was taking me and, and leading me even deeper still. And so I let go of, you know, my job and all thoughts of career and all thoughts of uh, my ambitions for the future and everything. And so that led me uh, on, on a journey of trust. And I, I became so confident in the miracles that were coming through me and in this new way of being of just, simply listening and following. So that was a whole other phase for about five years where it was quite interesting just being guided where to go, meeting people. Many days I didn't even know um, where I would be sleeping at night. Uh, I didn't have like any kind of organizational support or um, any kind of like sponsors or anything other than my intuition and, and Jesus, the higher self, so that went on for about five years, and then um, I I actually had some hermitage time, some periods of, of deep silence alone by myself, uh, working through more unconscious darkness, and um, and began uh, more even more travels. Uh, that after that period of time, it just kind of continued on. I was guided to uh, start a nonprofit with a friend of mine called the Foundation for the Awakening Mind in the late 1990s, uh, 1999. And then uh, the next decade, it just continued opening up around 2003 with being guided to go overseas to Argentina and 
And then uh, that just opened up a huge international travel schedule uh, that basically continues on today, starting around 2003, in which it's been like traveling around the six continents and I think it's 40-some countries and just going where I'm invited to let the Spirit speak through me and using movies, using um, – I can use Christian language, I can use spiritual language, psychological language, philosophical language, and and the, an interest of both yours and mine, quantum physics is now uh-huh. another uh, – you might say the the linguistics are coming through in all kinds of different ways because I meet so many different people and people come from so many different backgrounds that right. the spirit always seems to just come through in a in a very friendly cordial way but also using the the metaphors uh the language that they enjoy and and also Hollywood movies because people love right. Hollywood all over the world so mm-hmm. that's kind of a synopsis of, of how it's happened and formed the first uh, Course in Miracles monastery in the world in, in rural Utah and and started uh, bringing in materials like the Movie Watcher's Guide to Enlightenment and lots of, of materials uh, and tools that came through me to just help people, you know, in their spiritual practice that, that mm-hmm. can be engaging and fun. Right. I, well, it's so so true what you say about the um, um, terminology language and um, I know that uh, one of the things I I always stress on this program is that everybody's path is different you know it's not identical Um, there has been several uh, guests that um, the Course in Miracles was the the path for them that led them to their awakening. Um, I myself am not a student of A Course in Miracles. I have um, attempted <laughs> to read the book, and every time it, it, I don't get very far. But um, my, you were you were just talking about movies, Hollywood. Um, my awakening came in 2007 from a movie, quantum physics movie. It was a science, science movie, What the Bleep. And it was just oh, yeah. one. <laughs> yes, it was just one sentence that Lynn Mc, McTaggart um, stated, and she was a guest recently on the show. Um, the statement was: "The biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness." And when she said that, I, it just, I, I can't even put it into words. <laughs> the transformation hmm. within me from one sentence. <laughs> so it was mm. just one sentence mm. that inspired my awakening from a quantum physics movie. And I had been, you know, studying and reading um, metaphysical material, I say off and on, since the 70s. And I guess I started in my teens. Um, and then I, you know, just life would life would happen. And then I'd get back to it in the mid-80s and then life would happen, <laughs> and um, I was a single. I was married very young, but ended up being a single mom very young, and had to raise two children on my own. So that my focus was life, <laughs> them, and yeah. um, so. But every time before my awakening to oneness in 2007, um, the material I was reading, I found it very intriguing. But 
I had a hard time grasping the concepts because they were so different than how we're raised. Um, I was raised in a Christian home, not very religious, but Christian, and was sent to Catholic, Catholic school for a better education. And I know that when I was in Catholic school, the um, the teaching, uh, the dogma, um, did not resonate with me as a very young child, four and five years old. I just, I wanted to say, uh, no, this is not, <laughs> this does not sound right. <laughs> but at that that time, this was in the early to mid sixties, and I was raised uh, children are to be seen and not heard. So I couldn't vocalize. I couldn't voice what I was feeling at that young age. I just had to kind of just take it, you know, but it never mm-hmm. resonated with me. So early in my adult life, I did start seeking uh, truth because what I was being taught did not resonate with me as truth. Um, and I found all these metaphysical books that were wonderful, but it was really hard for me to grasp their um, what they're teaching because I, get, I was mis- I felt to me the missing piece was understanding oneness. Understanding mm-hmm. once I understood that, everything made sense to me. Mm. Books that I read that I didn't understand before, I would pick up and read them from cover to cover. Oh, like The Power of Now, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. books. I, when I first bought that book, which was before my awakening to oneness. I tried to read it, and I, could, I got through the first chapter, and I'm like, I can't understand this, and I put it down. Then after my awakening, I picked it up maybe a year later, and start, I, I couldn't. I, I read the whole thing from cover to cover, and I was like, ah, I get it, I get it, I get it. So that was a big understanding oneness and how it resonated with me as truth. Um, this was a very large key to my awakening. And um, I've, you know, been inspired to inspire others to awaken to the, that truth of oneness, and that's what inspired um, me to start this radio show a year ago. But I do like to, I always say I'm not preaching. I don't even call myself a teacher. I just say I try to inspire because I believe truth comes from within, and everybody's path is going to look different. No two paths are supposed to look the same. But we all come into this um, life experience to awaken on our own journey. So I just I love um, having conversations with you and peop- uh, and other guests like you that um, have awakened to that truth. Because every every spiritual book I've read really speaks at the core of oneness that we are all one, and then. It blew me away to discover that science has actually proven that we are all connected. Mm-hmm. You know, we are all interconnected. Everything is interconnected. And so that was, it's, it's so amazing. It's so amazing. So I'd love for you to share with the listeners, because um, you said that, you know, you decided not to pursue your career and you just followed spirit. Um, that's very bold <laughs> and daring. And um, just share a little bit more of that um, with our listeners because I know people are listening saying, how did he do that? Yeah, it, well, it's interesting, too, that um, 
I feel like on the journey, it is a, a journey of trust and, and becoming very intuitive. I would say becoming 100% intuitive. And um, I had been inspired by a lot of teachers that go way, way back, even before the time of Jesus. Uh, Buddha talked about uh, emptying the mind of mm-hmm. concepts and thoughts. And that was very striking to me, and and I find in the teachings of Jesus uh, through the Bible and and through a course in miracles that he's advocating the same thing that 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 to be free and have a still and free and open tranquil mind is to be free of identification with concepts. So I would say uh, when I look at kind of the guidance that I received. Uh, pretty much early on with the course was that um, it was all about me kind of unwinding from these self-concepts because if if we come to an experience like you had in 2007 where you have this powerful experience of oneness that's really beyond the words, mm-hmm. then it, it's like for it's hard to explain even to someone. It's the, everything seems to stand still for a moment and everything's perfect and feels wonderful and whole and complete. And yet to sustain that, to have that be an actual sustained living experience without the typical emotional roller coaster ride of the human condition, then I do feel it is authentically about uh, being trusting, so trusting that you live in the moment and you live from your heart, you live from within and radiate that love and light and oneness uh, to everyone and everything. So initially, um, it's very practical too. I would say that it wasn't like I just decided, oh, I'll, I'll just travel around, I won't have a career or anything. At the beginning, uh, when I first came across The Course in Miracles and was listening to my internal voice and and uh, opening up. I had uh, student loans to pay off and so forth. So I had a series of um, of jobs that I was guided to where I would. Uh, they were all great lessons in forgiveness and letting go of um, judgments and grievances and expectations, and also practically paying off those debts. So it's not like it was a sense of just, okay, now just drop everything and abdicate on all kinds of agreements and responsibilities. It was more of a just listen and follow mm-hmm. and notice where you still have points where you're hanging on to something or judging something or or expecting something. Just notice those and be willing to to let go and trust. Mm-hmm. So little by little, uh, that that just developed to the point where I felt like when I really gave my trust over to spirit, I was letting go mm-hmm. of my my sense of future goals and ambitions, and I was just really saying, okay, I, I want you to show me peace of mind. Give me that experience of oneness in a consistent way. You know, take my my state of mind, my consciousness, higher and higher and higher so that I can behold this connectedness and this mm-hmm. oneness with everyone and everything. And I think that's the prayer of my heart. So everything that came after that was almost, I just see it as an answer to a prayer. Wow. That was 
so, so amazing because it's so true what you said. Um, like for me today, I I occasionally, and I say it's only 99.9% of the time, <laughs> I can I can really stay focused in the moment and really stay. For me, I keep my focus on what's real. What Like this is an illusion. Mm. I, I try very hard not to get attached to the, to stay present and not to get attached to the illusion. So I like to, when the illusion starts getting crazy, just step back, <laughs> take a few deep breaths, <laughs> and just observe yeah. it like it's a movie. You know, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to get attached to this illusion. 99.9% of the time, and I just, I just float with the illusion, you know, moment by moment with a smile on my face. You know, mm, uh, but that point one percent of the time, uh, I'm still human, <laughs> and I have those what I call business days. Meaning, okay, it is what it is. Let me remember. It's 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 it gets a little harder for me to keep the the truth at the forefront on those days. And actually, today was it is one of those days. It has been a business day for me where I just, all day I just have to remind myself of from moment to moment, this is a dream of my own creation. So that's a, another big piece for me is owning mm-hmm. it. It's, okay, mm-hmm. no one's creating this reality other than my higher self, which my higher self is the larger part of me. My, my higher self is not separate from me, and my higher self is always with me. And whatever happening in the moment is for my highest good, even though I may not know why. You know, I don't, in my human linear consciousness, I don't understand all of the whys. But I know that if it's happening, it's happening for my highest good. So, um, and like I said, 99% of the time I can just smile and <laughs> sail through it. But today it's been tears and it's like, okay, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, but it, it doesn't, I, I have to say that when I do have these those days or those moments, they, it doesn't even last, last the whole day um, with me. Um, but when I have those moments, they don't last long. They do pass. And um, having great conversation like this with people that are awake, people are that are uh, that understand. So that's the other, uh, I guess, in my personal reality, my my physical reality. I don't have many people I can talk to that understand where I'm coming from spiritually. You know, they'll look at me like I have two heads when I say, I know this isn't real, okay? This is not real. It's like, what are you talking about? This is real. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so when I do get that um, 0.1% of the time when I I just feel, so it's kind of good that I'm doing the show today because I have you (laughs) to help remind me, Um, you know, because sometimes I know that we're never alone. I know we have spirit guides, we have angels, we have loved loved ones that are in spirit, 
that are always with us. So I know we're never alone. But sometimes in the physical, we can, you know, a whole physical experience is to feel separated, even though we know in our heart we're not separated. So, but I, I love this, uh, the title, Quantum Forgiveness. And that's part of what I had to deal with today, too, is because, you know how you, 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 you're forgiving and non-judging, and you stay, you're like, but why do you, you're, you're forgiving that same person for the same thing over and over again. It's like, okay, when, when is that cycle going to end? Like, and, and I just decided today I just need to put distance um, between me and a, a particular person, not, not, not judging them, um, have nothing but love for them, but it, they're not seeing me and they're not hearing me. So if they're not, they're not seeing me and hearing me, it's like I'm, you know, spinning my wheels. So I just need to sometimes just release um, because discernment is also a big part. Um, I know it discuss, discusses discernment in the course, and discernment is not judgment. It's just, okay, um, you know, there, you have to come to a point where you can't allow yourself to keep, you know, taking the same quote-unquote abuse um, and keep forgiving the same offense over and over when sometimes you just need to put distance. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think it's it's very much the sense of, uh, you know, most of us were raised with this belief that that the linear world is real and people do things to us and then we've even done things to other people that we, right. we don't like. <laughs> we we judge right. against ourselves. We're self-critical about memories of, oh, I wish I'd been a little kinder or did you have to say that and why did that come out of my mouth and, and so on and so forth. And so I think what we're doing is we're opening up and we're being convinced by the spirit that, that what we thought was a grievance or what we thought was was a critical uh, judgment or uh, even to use your example today where there's somebody that they don't really seem to be seeing us and hearing us, they don't recognize us for who we are, then it's yeah. like these are, the, are just thoughts arising in the mind. And uh, the ego uh, is part of this, it's a, it's a belief that we're separate from from our source and separate from each other, so it's always trying to keep a keep a score and tally. Oh, did you see that? And well, they said this. They obviously don't they don't care. Or did you see the way they looked at me? And or they didn't yeah. even let me talk. They wouldn't. You know, all these different things. And mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm. keeping score, and it's just thoughts, like tallies of thoughts in our mind that are trying to convince us that we're we're separate from each other and from source. So mm-hmm. to me, the the big that's where the trust comes in because um, you know a lot of us are taught to plan for the future and some of those plans don't come true. Um, right. Sometimes we have ambitions and goals and and I can certainly imagine you know like your life of having being married at a young age and having two mm-hmm. children and then you know. Probably you weren't thinking when that was all happening. You weren't thinking, "Oh, I'll just be a single mom." It, it no. you know, these yeah. things happen, yeah. and we go, "Whoa, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty sharp." And then we 
we re- have to start to come into a trust that everything's working together for the good, that there's a higher plan that's right. uh, learning us to build deeper and deeper trust with the spirit. And and as part of that detaching, I think, that you mentioned where when we're invested and attached in people, places, things, outcomes, you know, we can we can project those attachments very easily into the future and imagine right. what kind of life that, that we want. And it just doesn't seem to go that way. Uh, we, we, are, we, we are disappointed when we go along to that model of, of trying to project out a future that we want and, and then having things show up in a different form, in a different exactly. way than we thought. So it's, I think it's beautiful that you are so transparent about that and 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 your experience in 2007 with the oneness and then and then as you go through the day I I think you're you're really opening and living that quantum forgiveness experience because Newtonian physics was teaching us that that the world is outside of us and mm-hmm. that it that does things to us that kind of shape and determine who we are and quantum physics is saying no actually the world isn't outside it's just this is our we're experiencing our consciousness and if right. we start to clear our consciousness of of these judgments and and this negativity and this control then we'll right. actually have a, a wonderful beautiful experience of our oneness and and it's so beautiful that that, that that's available Okay, so kind of give me an example then. If there's someone in your reality where you, you know, you're not holding any malness towards, and you're just loving on them, and you're you're speaking your truth as kindly and gentle, and they don't seem to be hearing you, <laughs> they don't seem to be to see you. What's the best way to to go about? That with that relationship, and and I understand what you're saying that that person's not separate, because the, the outside world is 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 my creation, so it's it's coming from within. So how? Yeah, I'm just curious. <laughs> so what's the best advice there? Well, to me, true quantum forgiveness is is about mm-hmm. being fully aware, fully aware, and fully conscious. So. If if I perceive something that that doesn't seem to be completely in harmony or doesn't even seem to be a recognition of that harmony, then I think one of the things that was missing in all of our theologies and that, like you said, you didn't really resonate with the, the ones that you were growing up with, and I think right. a lot of us could say the same thing, is that there wasn't a lot of talk uh like for example, I grew up in in a Christian home too, and I grew up in Christianity. But nobody talked about the unconscious mind. They didn't tell mm-hmm. us that you know we had this all these repressed kind of things, thoughts and emotions and everything that were pushed down. They would just call it sin or Satan, but mm-hmm. it wasn't seen as it was more like Satan was like this external force, you know, fighting against right. God and the fallen angel and all that stuff. So I think um, where psychology and a lot of philosophies and some very deep, uh, like uh, non-dual um, spiritualities come in is they they say, oh, you, as long as you have unconscious thoughts and beliefs and assumptions, 
that those will get acted out all around you. So mm. if if you happen to see something that doesn't seem to be completely in accord with with harmony and oneness, then I would say that that's the value of we have mirrors. You know, we human beings are mirrors to one another. And yes, and so are animals and so is our environment. Mm-hmm. And so when we move through the day, seemingly of t- uh, through time and space, we get these mirrors. And I, I really enjoy uh, quantum forgiveness in the sense that it's saying that it's not that people do wrong things. It's not that we can hold each other to the behaviors of being a human being. It's just that our vision has been very tiny and narrow when we see our brother and our sister as as a body because mm-hmm. there's so much more they're they're right. actually love and light and we're right. just seeing a, a a very small percentage of of a, a really a projection of the past and we're mm-hmm. like seeing a form of the past rising up again and giving us another opportunity to to not be attached like you said to not hold people right. to the past to see them okay. brand new, clean and clear and fresh in this instant. So there's another beautiful forgiveness practice uh, from this Dr. Hugh Len called Ho'oponopono. You probably have heard of it. Yes. And he basically does a lot of cleaning and clearing even before he would have a workshop or a seminar. He he worked in a, a, a psychological, uh, psychiatric institute and and basically did so much forgiveness, internal forgiveness, that that basically uh, they had to shut down the whole unit because everybody got well after wow. he he forgave everyone in the unit. They had to basically mm-hmm. he he was out of a job. He did his forgiveness, <laughs> his quantum forgiveness so well it, it was out of a job. But then yeah, he traveled yeah. around the world uh, teaching what he'd done. I think mm-hmm. it's the same for all of us that that if we have something that comes up that we don't even understand or if it's just a little momentarily perplexing, then we can say, ah, this, I'm still trying to see some meaning here and the the word illusion means not real. So I'm trying to see some meaning in the not real and that's that's the only time we we face a a challenge. Mm. Okay. So okay, so give us some some um, practical tips in quantum forgiveness. Well, practically speaking, I I think that uh, for anyone who's on this inner quest, and like you mm-hmm. said, the truth is within. That right. I would say um, there's a lot of tools that we can use uh, to use this this mirroring. For mm-hmm. example, one thing that I've used is movies. Um, when I would watch television shows growing up and go to see certain movies, I would have emotions come to the surface. Right. And one of the practical tools I used was there's a lesson workbook lesson number two in A Course in Miracles that says, I have given everything I see all the meaning it has for me. Hmm. So that was very helpful because I would think, hmm, if I'm seeing something that's disagreeable or uncomfortable or upsetting, it's not that the movie or the relationship or the environment is doing it to me. I, My mind has given 
the meaning to everything that I perceive. And then it helps to actually, like Byron Katie talks about, have a turnaround, turn it around. Mm-hmm. Um, in A Course in Miracles, it's it's not too many lessons later. It's only a few lessons later that that you have uh, these four lessons, I call them five, six, seven, eight. That mm-hmm. was like a, a a beautiful little formula for me because lesson number five is I'm never upset for the reason I think. And then six is I'm set because I see something that's not there. Mm. <laughs> then number seven okay. is I see only the past. And then mm-hmm. number eight is my mind is preoccupied with past thoughts. So instead of blaming a person, mm-hmm. blaming the weather, blaming the government, blaming mm-hmm. the, you know, another country or terrorist or whatever, it. I love having a practice that says, no, no, I'm not upset for the reason I think. I, I'm just reading meaning into some kind of situation or event, and I'm, I'm upsetting myself with these mm-hmm. thoughts that I'm holding on to, and I can let them go right now in this very instant. And to me, that's, that's a, a tool, that's a practice that has been very effective in seeing that I actually don't have any problems. I just thought I did, but... I, I just had thought problems <laughs> going on there. <laughs> no, oh, I have, that is so amazing because what you just said was so helpful for me because most of the day, yeah, I was in the past. I kept, I I was in the past, and I kept, like I said, I keep seem, seeming like I'm forgiving this person for the same thing, so I, I'm in the past. And... Um, that was my biggest issue today, being stuck in the past. Truly was. And, uh, wow, that is amazing. That is so true. Yeah, it's like, it's like a broken record sometimes. <laughs> yeah. and, and then we we have one instant where we go, oh, that's silly. That's so silly yeah. that I would spend the time focusing my mind and my thoughts in that direction. But then we meet somebody or something reminds us, like, oh, yeah, that it doesn't have to be that way. I don't need to do that. And then then we feel the ease and the peace coming in. Mm. So true. Yes. No, it, it, it's so true. I I definitely was not, the most of the day, I was not in the present. I was not being present. I was, and it was a beautiful day, too, to be present. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we, I live in uh, the Poconos, and we, April, uh, the first half of April, went back to winter. March was spring, and then the first two weeks of April has been winter. So it was, I said, nature, Mother Nature is playing an April Fool's joke, saying, <laughs> ah, you thought it was spring. <laughs> so as a matter of fact, last last Saturday it snowed all day. So um, yeah. so today was a beautiful day. Um the weather is um mid sixties, almost in the seventies, the sun was shining all day. And all day instead of focusing on the beautiful day, I am stuck in the past. That's what I admit it. Mm. I was totally stuck in the past today. So that that is so true what you just said. And it is all yeah. my thoughts. Yeah, my yeah. thoughts were were creating a problem where there was. Yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful that you can 
realize that because I think it's it it often is the same with the weather where they say you know if it's cold and dreary or gray and rainy or you know that that some people say it's a bad day and and that's just our thoughts that tell us that too right. um I'm pretty much I'm out here in Utah and and just got back from uh Las Vegas and before that mm-hmm. Australia which the, the weather the climates are completely reversed down down under in Australia but right. but I had very similar things you know driving through snow I think if I look out my window here now yeah I still see some snow uh, still <laughs> around um mm-hmm. so it's a- April snow instead of April showers but right. but it's great that we can start to realize that even when we start to give causation to the world in terms of weather patterns or or frowns instead of smiles or you know negative terms instead of positive terms that we're still putting a causation out into the world and i think what i've enjoyed about quantum forgiveness is it says well the spirit's like no you have a very powerful mind and you have to watch your mind and be attentive to it use discernment and use some uh use your clarity and your wisdom to to wrench your mind of of these meanings that you've given to the world because mm-hmm. in the end the the truth is within us and as we drop deeper and deeper into that love and stillness then it doesn't so much matter what the appearances are anymore it's when we don't give the meaning to them from the past then it's like we have a rebirth experience, and we're happy mm-hmm. and joyful, and we're carefree, and we're it's almost like childlike. We live more in a childlike wonder. Instead mm-hmm. of telling the world what it should be, we're just kind of, uh, we're very easygoing, like you said, easygoing, lighthearted, and right. we can kind of float through the day. Yes, that is so true. That is so true. Um, and you, you really just made me open my eyes to see that I was not doing that today. And I do. Like I say, 99% of the time, that's me. I'm just floating through my day. I'm just smiling. I'm singing. Um, But today I just kind of went back in the past and, and dug it with me. So my question is then, what is discernment? Because I know that we should never judge another so what is discernment? Well, to me, I think that discernment shows me not that I should stop judging or that I've I've got a bad habit of judging, but it starts to show me the impossibility of it. It's like um, I I like you. I was so touched by that that movie. Uh, what the bleep do we know when it first came out, and then. Um, you might remember they did a sequel to that called Down the yes. Rabbit Hole. Yes, I and have both. <laughs> I remember you have them both. I actually yes. was watching that second one, uh, Down the Rabbit Hole, and um, I believe one of the f- physicists in there was saying something about, um, he was talking about quantum physics, and he was talking about, he said, he put out the question, what is the marital status of the number five? And I remember when I heard that, I said, My, that's the funniest thing I've heard, because the number five doesn't have a marital status. Right. But what I started to realize was, oh, my gosh, what if 
everything in the world I perceive is is kind of like that. What if I'm trying to ask questions about something that I've already mm. got an assumption about? Like, mm. for example, if if I'm talking about relationships and, and even marriages and so on and so forth, and I've got a set of assumptions that are just beliefs that I'm holding, then right. I really wouldn't know what the marriage really is, for example, like union. I always think marriage means union. Right. And yet a lot of marriages, either they, there's, there's fighting, there's disagreements, there's power control struggles and mm-hmm. arguments yes. around finances. That doesn't yes. sound like union to me. That's, yes. That sounds like anything but union and oneness. Right. So right. I started to to really see that maybe, just maybe that, that I've convinced myself that I really know what's going on, but I really don't. And so instead of, I would say, in answer to your question, discernment to me is starting to come to this, I don't know, I can't understand and figure out the world, but I Mm. can learn to experience it and watch it from a very peaceful, loving perspective. And to me, that's what discernment's about. Not that we need to break bad habits, but we just need to see, oh my gosh, I, I was I was completely mistaken about everything that I mm-hmm. thought was happening. I, I didn't have all the facts. I didn't I didn't right. have the big picture. And right. and that's very humbling. Yes. So true. That is so true too. Like you say, um, a lot of times I will do that. I'll just I'll remind myself that it is an illusion, a dream of my own creation. And I was like, okay, let me just sit back and watch it in a peaceful state, you know, and not react to it at all. Um, So I I understand what you're saying there, which is so, so true. Um, And it helps being present, to be in the present moment and the past, is is an illusion anyway it's not real um the future hasn't gotten here yet and you're actually creating your future in in this present moment so that is is so true to that quantum forgiveness that's amazing i love that because it's just it was perfect that we are speaking about that tonight because of my day today so yeah, I love how that works. Really, it's like we yeah. we get the help that we need just in a very natural way when we're open mm-hmm. to it, and I I love that. And we don't we all want to have very loving, cordial, friendly communications. You know, I mean that there's it's so loving to be able to be respectful and right. and be be truly listening. And yes. sometimes I've thought if I see something, if somebody sends me an email or says something, and if the first thought is like, the, well, that's not very nice or that's that's mm. pretty critical, then mm-hmm. I'll just take a pause and I'll say, hmm, mm-hmm. now let's mm-hmm. see. If the universe is always trying to bless me every moment, then right. maybe there's a message here. Maybe I don't need to, to see this in this way. I can just say, hmm, some. Something is trying to tell me something important here, and it has <laughs> involves grace and it involves uh, love and blessing. And so, just that little pause sometimes helps me to to just say, "Oh, I, I can appreciate that uh, this about myself or 
what I need to pay attention to or what I need to take heed of. And so I see it. The blessings can come through in that way, too. Wow. Well, I think I, I kind of have a little a little example of that. When I first started this show, um, most of my friends are, um, I would say, fundamental Christians, which I love. I still love them. They're still my friends. I still love them. I got one um, email from a friend that was saying that I might, and, she's, and I, I noted that she used the word might, I might be um, with my show. I might be uh, leading people to hell, basically. <laughs> you know. Oh. And I was like, and when I got, I mean, yeah, but I, I, I said, oh, she said might. <laughs> she didn't say I was. <laughs> that's that's good. Was that is a good example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She said might. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I did not, did not um, respond in a in a, a negative fashion at all. I, did, I said, well, um, our beliefs somewhat differ, and I have the utmost respect for your belief, the utmost. Um, and I'm really just, with my show, I'm just um, trying to spread love. You know, the golden rule, mm. do unto others as you would want done unto you. You know, so it was a, my response to her, and I did, I mean, reading it, I kind of chuckled reading it. I didn't get offended at all. <laughs> I just, yeah. you know, I was yeah. like, okay, hmm. hmm, and I responded very nicely, and and she and I are still friends to this day. So, you know, hmm. so. that's a beautiful <laughs> example because I feel like we can't split hairs over beliefs. You know, it's right. like the, the love that we truly are, the oneness that we really are. It it's so far beyond belief. It's an actual right. experience, and so. I love that when I travel around and I, people talk to me and they open up and, and I really don't care whether they, they believe in God or they don't or, or they're, they call themselves an atheist or agnostic or believer or whatever, scientist. Right. You know, I'm there to have a loving connection with everyone I meet and to feel that experience of that connection and and I I made a decision years ago. I thought I'm not going to let words or beliefs ever come between me and mm-hmm. anyone. So mm-hmm. I was one of those people so uh, in the household when I was growing up. You know, the Jehovahs would come to the door, and mm-hmm. the family would yeah. kind of run to the back of the house and close the door. <laughs> and I'd open the front door and say, "Come on in." Yes, and, I do that too. You know, <laughs> isn't that fun to in. be welcoming? I make tea for them. <laughs> you know, I yes, I know. Yeah, uh, we don't yes, have to, do. to push anybody away just because they of their words or what they believe in. Because, exactly. you know, imagine that Buddha, Jesus, God, you know, they're not going to turn anybody away because of certain right. words. And, exactly. And it must be that the spirit is stronger than than beliefs. So I, mm-hmm. I, I really like to keep that in mind with all my interactions. Exactly. Yes, very true. Um, I always say I'm never going to debate. Beliefs are. I, I have the utmost respect for whatever you believe. That you know, because I believe people should go within, look within to find your truth, and then live your truth. So whatever your truth is, live it. You know, and I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Jehovah Witnesses come by. I invite them in. I make them tea. I sit with them. I listen. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I do. Oh, that's you 
you know, beautiful. I, I do beautiful. share. I do say to them. I, I share right up front that I personally don't put on quote unquote a label of any religion. I don't call myself any one particular religion, but I have respect for all religions. So I tell them that up front, and then I welcome mm. them in. I make them tea, and they read, and I listen, and I'm, mm. <laughs> it's all good. Lovely. Yes, it's That's always lovely. a very pleasant exchange. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's great. You can have a cup of tea with with anyone who yes. comes in and who who's sharing just taking the time to share this moment with you, you know. It's it's so beautiful that you're so welcoming. Right. And I love I've heard you say love is all inclusive. That is so yes. true. Love yeah. does not exclude anyone, anything. Love includes everything. And oneness includes everything because that was the Mm. other question i was getting from some of my christian friends were what is this a new oneness what is this a new religion it's like (laughs) no 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 because to put a label on it to call it a religion is separating it from something else so no oneness is exactly that it we're all one um, and, and we're all one, just not not just all of us humans, but we're one with Mother Earth and the animals and the trees and the plant life. Everything, we're, it's all connected. It's all one. Yeah. In fact, we're yeah. one with the universe. You know, we think of just yeah. this 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 marble, this blue marble, but there's plenty of planets, and and those are just our distant cousins. You know, we're all yeah. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great because it's like the oneness you're talking about. It's definitely not a theology, and I think that's the thing when when people start to equate philosophies and religions with different, various different theologies, then right away it gets into differences. But I, right. I'm always telling people to me that true religion is is inner peace. I, in that mm-hmm. way, I see all these different uh, pathways to God. And they have their own different rituals, and they have their different beliefs and so forth. But but the experience that everybody's aiming for is this inner peace. And so to me, that's that's like the, the hub in the, in the middle of the, the wheel. All the spokes lead to oneness, and they right. all lead to an experience. And I, when I call it peace of mind, usually people smile and they go, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what their religion is aimed at, whatever they believe right. in. They they want right. peace, and I think we all want peace deep down. Peace, right. And um, the, um, Jesus says, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Now, I w- when I heard that before I understood oneness, I was like, hmm, I'm not, how can you be peaceful and this is going on and that is going on? But after, <laughs> after yeah. I understood oneness, I was like, ah, the peace that surpasses all understanding, I get it. You can be peace when you know the truth of oneness. When yeah, you know there is yeah. nothing but love, you can be peaceful and just sit back and watch the movie. Okay? Yeah. Mm, interesting movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then yeah. the other part, not the movie is a movie of your own creation. So, okay, I, I'm creating this movie. <laughs> <laughs> sit back and enjoy it. You know? So yeah, yeah. That is well, you so certainly true. picked a beautiful uh, 
a beautiful name for your show. I have to say that that was one of the things that caught my eye right away, <laughs> Awaken to, to Oneness, because I thought, okay. what a lovely name for for a show, because it it's, tells it right up front. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's who you are right in the title. And yeah. uh, sometimes people come up with all kinds of titles, but I, I really enjoyed your title of your show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, what When I was – I Spirit led me to start an Internet talk radio show, and I, I had no clue how to do it. I just Google how do you – you know. And then I found Blog Talk Radio, and it was very inexpensive to get an account with Blog Talk Radio. It's like, okay, I could do that. And then um, – but in one of the tips, Blog Talk Radio said, well, you want your title to portray what, what, what your show is about. And I was like, hmm. and it just popped. Okay, wait to oneness. And I, I like mm. the number two. <laughs> so I used yes. the number two instead of the word two. And I was like, okay, that, that, that's it. And it, it just mm. it, it says the whole mission in the name. So mm. well, I, I can't yeah. believe an hour has already gone. I, I am totally I blown away because it seems like we've been talking for five minutes, and you have <laughs> you have truly helped me because um, um, you just made me see how I was just being in my head today, in my head in the past, and not in the present, and not just and, and really creating. It was a creation. All the problems that I thought were problems were just created in my mind, just thoughts in my mind, mm. and I can let mm. go at any time. So mm. thank, That's a thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, is there something you'd like to share of coming upcoming events? I know you are extremely busy. You travel a lot. Was there something you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, uh, coming well, up in your near future? Yeah, in near future, I, I'm going to go to uh, San Francisco on uh, May 22nd, and I'm going to be at the Community Miracles Center uh, doing a just speaking at their morning service and then doing a workshop from 1 to 5. And then um, the following month in June, um, there's uh, Gary Renard, my friend who wrote The Disappearance of the Universe, and mm-hmm. Maria Felipe, and my friends Craig, and a number of teachers, uh, Dove Fishman, that we're going to be in Estes Park in Colorado. And oh. basically, we're going to uh, just have a wonderful time there up in the, the mountains. And wow. so that's, that's a, another thing. And then um, I think also... For some of your your listeners, listeners, um, actually, um, I have a, a website that's called davidhoffmeister.com, and um, I think if if you go there, you can you can actually um, check out Quantum Forgiveness because it's 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 a short book, but it uses like seven different movies to. Mm. Um, to basically help you go through movie watching and come into that experience, and wow. I believe if you if you put at the end of uh, the davidhoffmeister.com, if you just put forward slash and free free gift, 
um, mm-hmm. there is a free gift available as well for people that uh, there's ways to to get some excerpts from the the book and you can actually uh, you know get a get a taste of that so okay. so that's I just want people to have a, a very happy joyful life yes yes so true um, I don't know if you're aware that um, David Dove Fishman uh, he and I are now co-hosting. We uh, met on Facebook just a few weeks ago, and he he asked me to call him, and I called him, and, and within a few uh, hour conversation, he's like, I want to co-host a show with you. And I was like, yeah, sure, great. So we are co-hosting a show every Monday, and the name of that is um, The Truth of Oneness Within. I also came up with that title. <laughs> so we're we're co-hosting an hour-long show at one that airs at one thirty on Awakening Together Radio uh, every Monday oh. at one thirty Eastern Standard Time. So yes, that Dave is. I tell him he's a another. He's a brother from a Jewish mother. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yes. So wonderful. Well, thank you, David, so much for being with I have so many wonderful Davids in my life, so it's great. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, Dove's a good friend of mine, and I just love all that you're doing and am just uh, very grateful for your thank presence you. in in my life. Thank you, and I'm, I'm extremely grateful for your presence in my life and sharing your wisdom on Awake to Oneness Radio. So I will let you have a very great weekend, and thank you so, so much. Thank you. Many blessings. Many blessings. Good night. Good night.